Hello everyone, good evening. This is Kristen from All Insurance Advocate. And I did a poll uh, on my Facebook page earlier in the week asking um, which topic everyone would like me to cover for the second podcast. And the votes determined that uh, right now everyone wanted to hear the basics about IEPs. So that's the topic that I'm gonna be covering uh, this week. But next week I will be doing um, life insurance for minors. That'll be the third podcast, so tune in for that. Um, So today we're going to talk about the IEP basics, and it's just going to be very basic information, um, sort of an outline of what to expect and what an IEP is and what should be in it. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to use the call-in button, or you can reach me at All Insurance Advocate on Facebook. You can also reach me at allinsuranceadvocate uh, at gmail.com, or you can call uh, my business line at 570-271-4966. So the first question that I'm going to address is what is an IEP? And that stands for an individualized education plan that sets goals for a child and it states what services and accommodations a child receives um, during their school day from the school. And parents ask me, um, how do you get an IEP when their child doesn't have one? If you suspect that your child has a disability, um, any kind of learning disability or learning problem, um, you can request an evaluation. It's best to do that in writing. Um, Once the school district receives your request for the evaluation, they have 60 school days in Pennsylvania to complete that um, evaluation. Once the evaluation is complete, you'll receive a copy of the evaluation to review. You should prepare any questions or concerns that you have um, before the meeting to go over the evaluation. A lot of times during those evaluations, there'll be tests that are used and sometimes the results are a little difficult to read if you're not a teacher or if you're not familiar with the testing that they use to determine uh, learning disabilities. It's best to request a meeting to have those questions um, answered for you. Um, If it's determined that your child um, is going to have an IEP, Um, based on the results of the evaluation. Um, There's going to be an IEP meeting held and they have to do that within 30 calendar days. Now, who should be in an IEP meeting? Um, Some districts try to leave out certain team members of um, the IEP implementation. You wanna make sure that the proper people are at the meeting for it to be considered an IEP meeting and that would include uh, any regular education teachers, special education teacher, uh, the local education agency, which is someone from the school district, typically the director of special education or an assistant director of special education that holds the authority to make changes and make things happen. Um, For instance, a teacher would not be allowed and have the authority to tell you, we will provide your child a laptop. It's not a teacher decision that has to come from someone in the district who is allowed to allocate money for that. 
So the parents need to be at the IEP meeting and the student, that's the parent's decision if you want the student, the child there with you. Um, now what should be in an IEP? The very basics of what should be listed in an individualized education plan definitely should list the present levels of functioning academic performance of your child. So their current grades, um, you know, current test scores, anything that determines how your child's doing in school in the present moment and how dis the disability that they have affects their involvement with progress or the general curriculum. The next thing that should be in an IEP are measurable annual goals and how those goals, goals will be tracked for progress and how that progress will be communicated to you. Um, every goal is going to be individualized to your child's needs. I can give you an example of a goal. If the goal is to um, have a child be able to comprehend what they read, a goal may read something like, um, given a three-sentence paragraph, a child, the child will be able to comprehend 60% of what's given to them over five measures. And that's just to track how, how well, you know, the, the progress is being made. The next thing that should be in an IEP is special education and related services that will be provided. So that includes supplementary aids and any services such as a communication device or physical therapy. How much of the school day your child will be spending apart from their non-disabled peers? That's usually listed in percentages. So it may say that your child spends 15 or 20% of their day with their non-disabled peers while they're receiving X, Y, and Z service. It should also be listed how and if your child will participate in any state testing and if any modifications need to be made for that testing. It should also be listed when services will begin and how they'll be provided, where they'll be provided, and for how long. In, uh, for an example, if a child has occupational therapy, it may say, um, you know, 45 minutes per week. Um, for the remainder of the school year. Now, those are just the very simple, basic things that need to be in an IEP, and I, I'm aware that people will still have questions. They'll want more of an in-depth view as to what some of that stuff means. And if you have any questions, you can certainly call in with a question, or again, you can reach me on my Facebook page, my email, or my phone number, which I'll give at the end of the broadcast. My recommendations would be to never go to an evaluation meeting or an IEP meeting alone. Even if you can't have an advocate with you, you should bring a partner, a friend, or a family member who can take notes. Um, it, it's Sometimes it's a little overwhelming, the information that you're getting, and you might not be able to take notes and listen at the same time. It's always better to have a, a second set of hands there, or a second set of ears. Um, you'll be asked to sign an attendance sheet that you were there, and in Pennsylvania, you'll be asked to um, give permission for the school district to uh, bill Medicaid. It is okay to sign those two sheets. You, you can sign 
saying that you were in attendance and you can sign allowing them to bill Medicare. It does not have any bearing on your child's personal Medicaid if they receive that. Um, what you don't want to do is sign an IEP without taking your 10 days that you were legally allowed to have to review the IEP. Some school districts will say that you have to sign right there at the meeting and you do not. That is not true. You have 10 days to take it with you and review it. Many times you're given a draft copy of an IEP and they'll talk about the changes that they're going to make, but without it actually being put in there, you don't want to sign anything. So even if you think everything looks good after the meeting and you feel comfortable with it, you should still take it home to review it. Do not let them tell you that you have to sign it right then and there to implement services because that is not the case. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Again, this was just the very basics of IEPs, trying to get you to understand a little bit of an outline of the, the, you know, what's supposed to be in there and how it's supposed to happen. Um, you can reach me uh, at 570-271-4966 or at All Insurance Advocate on Facebook. And you can also reach me at allinsuranceadvocate at gmail.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please share this with your friends. And please tune in again next week for our discussion about life insurance for minors. Take care. Have a good weekend, everyone.